How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. This will be, oh my gosh, I got to take a picture of this bird flying underneath me. <laughs> I love this. This is just amazing. And Chris Ello. The old 1920-style Padre ballpark. You can get it for a nickel. Get yourself some hot nuts at the Padre <laughs> ballpark. It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes, yes, yes. With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look, here comes our fearless producer. Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Welcome in to Gwen and Chris. It is a huge day here in San Diego. NLCS Game 1 here at Petco Park. Chris Ello, myself, Matt Scraby, here at the rail as we uh, get ready for uh, which is going to be, uh, I, I can only imagine, Chris, another epic night here in San Diego. Yeah. I, At least I, it has the potential to be an epic night. Yeah, it does. I, I got to be honest with you, Tony. I got up this morning, and, uh, and I was trying to find the same uh, fervor that I had for the Dodger <laughs> games. You know, it, there was something extra with the Dodgers here. And uh, even though we've now upped the ante and moved into the NLCS, I kind of need tonight's game to get underway. You know, the first punch to be landed yeah, by whoever yeah. lands it to kind of get back into the flow. And I, and I wonder if that's the feeling the players have to a certain extent. I mean, the Phillies are coming off, you know, what was for them a huge win. They knocked off their rivals, the defending World Series champs, the Braves. Padres knock off their big rivals, the Dodgers. Fans go absolutely crazy. But now you have to settle back in and, and, and get refocused again and uh, – you know, it's going to be interesting. The Phillies are here, and uh, the Padres are here, and neither one is supposed to be here. So, it's First of all, for, for those who may be wondering about the series that seemingly will never come to an end out in New York, they've gotten off to a three-run lead, three-run homer by John Carlos Stanton to, in the first inning. But, you know, this, this, this series, you mentioned kind of settling back in, getting right baseball-wise. This is going to be a good series. These two teams match up really well and for as good of starters the Padres have faced to get here by name the two guys who are probably pitching the best are probably outside of the really the Padres rotation are, are these two guys here that Philadelphia has and Zach Wheeler and Austin Nola I, I, excuse me 
Aaron Nola. Yeah, that won't be the first time that we uh, mess that up. I've been calling Austin Aaron Nola all season long. But I agree with you, Tony. you got to make sure that you uh, you don't let up and keep your foot on the gas because these two guys can really pitch. And, uh, you know, that goes for the Padre pitching staff as well. Darvish is starting tonight and Snell in game two and Musgrove in game three. But I'll tell you, I looked at that Philly lineup that they put out today. That is a good lineup. I mean, you're leading off with Kyle Schwarber, who had 46 home runs this year, and I'm a little worried about him. I mentioned he this hasn't yesterday. Got going yet. No, he's one for 20 in yeah. the playoffs. I think it's 050. Yeah, 050, one for 20. So guys that are sleeping like that, you don't want to wake them up. But you know, Schwarber, you make one mistake, he's going to hit it into the second deck somewhere. So that's just how they start. Reese Hoskins bat second. This guy hit 30 home runs this year. Castellanos is in the middle of this order. Bryce Harper, one of the best players in baseball, is in the middle of this order. Gene uh, Segura is hitting eighth. In Gene Segura bats eighth. This guy's a 300 hitter. Brandon Marsh bats ninth. He's their version of Trent Grisham. He yeah, hit a three-run yeah. home run in the clinching game the other day. Uh, so it, it, this is a, a star-laden team. And, you know, I, the Padres bring the star power with Manny Machado. Philadelphia brings it with Bryce Harper. I'm, I'm kind of glad that he's on this stage you know, I'm going to be rooting against him, of course, in this series. But, you know, he's he's a superstar ball player just like Manny is. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of fans are going to tune in to watch him play. Listen, it, it, it does take you back. I, I remember doing the shows during that 2018 season, off season, going into the 2019 season. Bryce Harper was a name mentioned around here often. And, you know, at that time, neither of us believed either one. He yeah, or really. Manny Machado would, would actually be a fit. Um, it's just crazy to see the parallels between the two career. They drafted the same year. They hit free agency the same year. They signed to, to two franchises in free agent, and both of them are on a collision course here in the NLCS. It may very well bo- boil down to this series of which bottom of the lineup can continue the, the streak that they've been on. Because for the Padres, I mean, it's specifically in that last series. Incredible. Dynamite. Yeah, incredible what, uh, well, Kim and uh, and Grisham and Nola have done at the bottom of the order. And, and I agree with you, Tony. If those guys keep it up, it's going to be a whole lot easier. But you may need everybody in this series. I, I don't expect this series to be as low scoring as the Dodgers series. I, I think the Phillies are capable of putting up some runs. And I think the Phillies are capable of giving up some runs. You know, let's just put it that way. I, I think you could see six to four. I mean, remember in the first, the series against the Dodgers, three of the games finished five to three. The other game finished two to one. So nobody got over five. Uh, I'll go out on a limb and say somebody gets over five in this series. But, uh, you know, Josh Bell has got to bring it. He's had great career numbers against the, the, the Phillies. Uh, that's why he's in the starting lineup tonight. I'd like to see Will Myers get rewarded for hitting the ball as hard as he's been hitting it. You know, he hasn't really had a lot of luck in, in, in the playoffs yet, but uh, Will's been hitting well. So, you know, those two guys uh, backing up, you know, the Padre middle of the order with Cronenworth, Machado, and Soto would go a long way to, you know, lengthening things. I mean, that inning you had on uh, Saturday night, the seventh inning, the 34 minutes that will be remembered forever, going to need a couple of those in this series. That's, that's the thing is if you're getting to a number like five, everybody in the lineup is doing something. So right. because, because teams are too smart when you get to this stage. Like if Manny is beating them, He's, they're not going to continue to let Manny beat him, you no. know. And so it's going to – if you're getting – like I said, if you're getting to the number of five or more, usually everybody in the lineup is 
is, is being productive. I, I, this series is going to be a lot different than the first two series, right? Only the one off day after Wednesday's game, tomorrow's game. Yeah. You get that Thursday. After that, five straight. And I don't know that I've ever seen that in Major League Baseball no. before where a, a seven-game series had only one off day, especially with these teams separated by the entire country. Yeah. You've got game five is a Sunday morning. It gets started about 1130 in San Diego. So trying to get He's, it in a little earlier to let everybody fly home for game six the next day. But I think it's advantage Padres because I, I think too. the Padres have a deeper starting there staff and the Padres, I think, have a little deeper bullpen. Not not by a lot, but maybe just enough to turn the tide in this series. And, and that is why, to me, these first two games are so important for the Phillies because yeah. they do have their big, their best their big guys guns. going. Right. Um, and, and listen, that's not to disparage what the rest of the rotation can look like, but also, the, the part of the reason why the Padres' bullpen is so good, I, part of the reason at least, they didn't have as many innings to, to cover throughout the course of the year. Padres are, were among the tops in terms of starter innings pitched throughout the year, and now on the back end you've been able to lean on on whatever the combination of Garcia, um, um, Pierce, Johnson, Pierce Johnson, Tim Hill. Suarez, Tim Hill, uh, and obviously Josh Hader. Uh, that does bowl well for the Padres. So we'll see how this works out. Uh, certainly, um, you know, for these two these two games, I just I am I am beside myself on how how hmm. what type of energy level is going to be in this building. Well, you know, this is the first time ever, Tony, that the National League Championship Series has opened in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. The only other two times the Padres were in the NLCS, of course, 1984, they had to start at Wrigley Field. Yep. Lost the first two games, came back in one three, and then in 1998 they started in Atlanta, and they got off to a great start in that series. They won both games in Atlanta before they came home. So this is a first in the history of the Padre franchise to have the NLCS game one be played at Petco Park. But I think the crowd's going to be a little. Not, I don't want to say they're going to be subdued because there's nothing about San Diego fans that's subdued. Not right now. But I don't think they're going to be as electric as they were ahead of the Dodger games, and I think it's going to take that first punch, and I think that's why it's going to take somebody to do something in the first couple of innings, get the crowd back up to that fever pitch, and, I, and I'm going to be looking for that tonight. Yeah, uh, I, I will give a little bit of a hint that before the game, there's going to be a 98 feel to it today. Nah. So uh, they're, they're, they may have a chance to get to They that, might get them to a feeder, get it to fever that pitch. fever pitch that you're talking about. Yes. So. Well, we'll see who's throwing out. Is that, are you referring to the first pitch? I, I'm, I'm referring to the pregame activities. Pregame activities. All right. So. Tony's being a little bit secretive <laughs> there. but uh, uh, I mean, on a, on a much, much smaller scale, but you and I kind of care about this, uh, tip-off for uh, the NBA season begins tonight. Yeah, the NBA starts tonight. The Lakers <laughs> open up against Golden State, and uh, our program director, Adam Clue, is going to be upset with us because he, he wrote us a memo the other day that said, you're not allowed to talk about anything but Padres for the next two. And I said, Tell him I didn't that's get not, the memo. Yeah, we didn't get the memo. Look. You have to check your email. It's, yeah, yeah that's right. I, I've been a little busy. so Yeah, you know, Tony didn't get his I email. Check my emails. You know what is interesting? It's interesting. The Padres and their fans are completely focused on the on the Padres. San Diego's focused on the run of the Padres, and you know the Wave got their win the other night. They're in the Final Four, yes, and they are. so maybe this is going to be a great sports season in San Diego. We, but we're due for one. We are slightly we're due, due for, for one. one. Have we ever really had one? <laughs> I don't think we have. So yes, I would say we're totally due for one. But what I was going to say is Philadelphia right now is on a total roll. I mean, you look at the Phillies, they're in the NLCS. The Eagles are 6-0. and yeah, They got the best yeah. record in football. 
the 76ers are kicking off their season tonight against the Celtics. And I even saw in the paper today the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team is 2-0 to start the season. So That's right. Hockey season just started. Hockey's been underway for a couple of days. So Philadelphia is riding a serious hot streak just like San Diego is. So uh, both of these cities, it's a collision course, Tony, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, man, what a job the Padres have done to get here. Now they have to make sure they do something with this opportunity. Yeah, certainly uh, a lot of storylines in this series. Uh, you got the, the Nola brothers facing off against each other. Well, at least tomorrow they will face off against each other once again. Uh, we saw how that matchup ended here in San Diego earlier this year. I think Austin had the only run scored in that game. Uh, the other thing. And he gave Aaron the ball for a him, gift. Of course. <laughs> I, I interviewed them the next day. It was a little touch and feel yeah. early on. But they, those two, uh, they love each other to death. So it, they, they, they obviously want to see each other do well, just not, not against not, each other. Not against each other. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's interesting uh, about this matchup is in Philly, they're all shutouts. One, each team was – well, the Padres shut the Phillies out twice. Uh, the Phillies shut the Padres out once. No, So, they are cap- – these staffs are capable. I think that was the night Wheeler threw that they shut uh, the Padres out. Um, That's surprising, too, because Citizens Bank Park is oh, one of the better hitting parks in all of baseball. Parts to hit in, for sure. So, you know, and the Phillies hit pretty good there in the playoff against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, you've really got – you know – the teams are similar. The ballparks are almost opposite. I, I, yeah, right? complete opposite. Because Petco Park favors the pitcher. Citizens Bank Park favors the hitter. But that doesn't mean that every game here is going to be low scoring and every game there is going to be high scoring. But I think you are going to, like I said earlier, you're going to see some runs in this series because there's no off days. I mean, these bullpen guys are going to be working day after day after day. The starters are going to be going on short rest. And I think the hitters are going to have a chance to flourish. So I think you're going to have to put up some crooked numbers to get to the World Series. The one thing that uh, has in this series during the regular season, I think Bryce Harper only played in like a game and a half, right? He played right. in the first That's, game And here, that was when Blake Snell actually Blake Snell hit, him. hit him. in the second game. Uh, and I didn't know that they were really good friends. Yeah. Because it was, I, I read today that one of the reasons that Bryce Harper kind of immediately forgave Blake Snell for what happened on that, because remember, Harper was knocked out for 30 yeah, games, yeah. is because they're such good friends. He knows that Blake Snell wasn't throwing at him. But that would be, it, it's a good thing that they are friends and that he forgave him, because otherwise that would be the only storyline of this about. series. Yeah, no, to, to Bryce's credit, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He got hit, he was furious. Yes. And he initially yelled out. At, at at Blake, and not you know in pain and in in reaction. Yeah. But he eventually, in that same moment, I think he sensed his because he sensed his dugout kind of getting irritated a little because I think there was a few balls that were accidentally thrown up and in. Yeah. Their both their 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 dugout was getting chippy. He diffused it because I remember him kind of giving his guys like calm down and and telling Blake because I think Blake at that time after he yelled at him was like I didn't mean to do it right and was and was basically like I got you I know you didn't mean to do it and diffused it after which he when he spoke yeah, to the media but can you imagine if that was if that had turned into a bench clearing incident what the uh what the uh the uh, storyline for this series would be all about that the storyline but I, I guarantee you would bring more eyeball, <laughs> eyeballs to good point to watching it if that wasn't we don't want any fights or anything like that but it certainly would have added a little spice 
to uh, what is going to be a terrific series, I believe, in this NLCS. All right, we got plenty more to get to as we get set for game one of this NLCS, Padres, Phillies. That sounds so good to just say that we're part of the NLCS. (laughs) I like the sound of that. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. We are just getting the afternoon started, uh, broadcasting live from the loft. I believe Tony said the rail. The rail is actually just outside. We're inside okay. in the loft. Either way, we're in the Western Metal Supply Company building, broadcasting live until 4 o'clock today. They're opening the gates to the general public at 3 o'clock. So if you get on in here, come on up to the Western Metal Supply Company building, post for pictures with Scraby. It makes him feel very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I can't believe you just said that, Chris. Thank no, you very much. He enjoys much. that. I he do, enjoys. He loves to see everybody. We love to meet all you guys and gals. And uh, everybody's excited. Obviously, it's the National League Championship Series, the 89-win San Diego Padres, and the 87-win Philadelphia Phillies. It's the first time in NLCS history that neither team playing for a trip to the World Series has won 90 games. It's also, as I mentioned in the open, Scraby, the first time ever that the NLCS Game 1 is opening here in San Diego. I think it's so much better for the Padres that they were able to beat the Dodgers in the two games at home. They get to stay home. They get to come to the ballpark. They haven't had to travel in a while. They get to keep all the good vibes and the good energy in the building. I love this, Chris. I'm so excited. Well, everybody is, and it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the vibe is here uh, leading up to the game tonight. Like I said earlier to Tony, I, I'm a little bit worried that it's going to take a little while to build back up to the fever pitch that we had during that Dodger series. I mean, the Dodger series was insane. People, nobody talked for two straight days. Everybody just screamed everything. (laughs) It's true. On Friday and Saturday, everything was go. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not saying it's not going to be like that tonight. I saying that I think it's going to take a little while for everybody to get back in the swing of things. I mean, it was such a huge accomplishment to knock the Los Angeles Dodgers, our hated rivals, out of this playoff, and now you've got to get the uh, you got to get the same you know hatred a little bit for the Philadelphia Phillies, which is a team you're not used to disliking. I mean, frankly, they're in the Eastern Division. They come out here once a year. There's no playoff history between these two, so it's going to take a little while. But I think once the first punch is landed tonight, whether it's a Machado home run in the first inning or You know, hopefully it's not the Phillies getting on the board first. But either way, I think as soon as that first punch has landed and the and the battle has begun, you know, I think you're going to see everybody get riled back up. That's interesting you say that about not really hating the Phillies because I was thinking about that on the way down. And you're, I, I don't disagree that it may take a little bit for the fans to get into it, but like the national media right now is talking about how great. Petco Park was over the weekend and that was all because of what the fans did they were posting videos I saw Ben Verlander video earlier today he's saying that the Petco Park is just a scene like that's what they need fans need to do again tonight and I don't know what you have to do to hate the Phillies because I think about the Phillies I'm like meh whatever doesn't really matter that's my whole point but 
But nobody thinks that we, way when you mention the Dodgers. No, that's why that's why the energy was through the roof. That's why I'm saying it's going to take a little while to match. I think the uh, the intensity that uh, we had as fans, even though it is the National League Championship Series. I'm not worried about the Padres. Their intensity is no. going to be fine. And like I said, as soon as they can get on the scoreboard, hopefully early tonight against Dan Wheeler, not an easy thing to do, Zach Wheeler. But as soon <laughs> what as did it, you just call him? Dan. <laughs> uh, you know, whoever. It's okay. You, you, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. So whoever's yeah, pitching you, tonight, yeah, Zach Wheeler, uh, yeah, but he's very uh, good. By the yeah, way, he's really good. I should know his name. Uh, but look, uh, you know, hopefully they get on the board early and, and and get the crowd going, and it's just a a Tuesday night party in the gas lamp. It's game one of the NLCS. By the way, uh, Yankees got the three run home run from John Carlos Stanton in the first. They still lead the uh, Cleveland Guardians. It is 4-1 Yankees right now in the bottom of the third inning. And, of course, that is for a trip to the American League Championship Series. Game five was rained out last night, rescheduled for today in the Bronx. And, of course, the Houston, not Houston, yeah, the, the Houston, Houston Astros await the winner of that series. And that way, American League Championship Series doesn't start till tomorrow night. And that's going to be after game two of this NLCS is already played. A lot of good baseball coming up. A lot yeah. of good baseball coming up, Chris. It's going to be a lot of uh, fun. I, I, I was, um, shoot, I totally Did forgot you leave, what I was lose about your train to of thought? Well, Oh, while my gosh. While you're trying to find it again, let me tell you something. That once you get to the NLCS, what this is behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't really care too much about. But I, I ran into this today. I know you did, too. The Padres are responsible for hosting the NL Division Series when the games are here in San Diego. But once you get to the National League Championship Series, corporate steps in, as it were. <laughs> yes, they and do. And it's Major League Baseball yeah. that is now kind of running the show along with the Padres. And as a result, I don't know about you, Scraby, it took me about 45 minutes to get my credential today. And I'm not upset about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to have a credential. I'm just saying that when the Padres did it, I walked up, all the nice Padre people recognized me, handed me my credential. Now it's Major League Baseball. It's a whole different process. And that's part of what you deal with as you go along in the playoffs. Believe me, whatever the security is for the NLCS, it'll be doubled again for the World Series. And I hope that the parking rates aren't doubled again for the World Series. I don't know about you, but my parking fee went up five bucks from the division round to this round. Okay, I was going to ask if that was just me because I did notice it was yeah. a little bit expensive. A little bit more expensive. That's when I That's when I realized, I, of course we all realize that this is a big deal. Number one, it's, it's San Diego. They've never done this. Petco Park has never hosted an NLCS game, let alone game one. Right. But when I walked up to the window, you're right. It was, there were so many badges for people from around the world that were checking in. There were, I, I felt kind of important, Chris, because I got to the front of the line and there were people waiting around for their clearance and their badges right. and, and they just, just said oh hi mr scraby no they didn't say anything they just slid i just slid in my driver's license they handed me i walked away and i was like <laughs> yeah as i walked away well you're a big deal you're a big <laughs> no, I'm deal not. I'm not. you are not. a big deal if you didn't think you were a big deal before no you know you're a big deal now after the way the crowds flocked to you <laughs> during the dodger series i mean you had people everywhere trying to get a piece of you and uh, i'm sure it's going to be crowded up here in the western metal supply company building once they open the doors do we think that there's going to be a heavy philly fan presence i mean obviously the geographic location hurts a little 
But I know a I would lot think of Philly, Philly fans, fans want to come out here. I know a lot of Philly fans. I don't think too many Philadelphia fans are going to be able to come out here and get tickets. I mean, I, I, I think what you're going to see is some people that are transplants from the Philadelphia area, and I know a lot of them that, uh, you know, will try to find their way into the game tonight. Uh, but you know what? That's not going to be a factor the same way the Dodger fans weren't a factor in the last series. True. You're going to have a smattering of Philly fans. Philadelphia fans are as passionate as any fan base in all of sports, and you know, they're going to have some people here tonight, but it's going to be all Padres. Don't you think anything differently? And I, I always wanted to say, I did once go to a Padre Philly game in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Many years ago, I was traveling with a soccer team doing some broadcasting. We were in Philadelphia. The Padres were in Philadelphia, so we went to the game. It turned out that it was the last game ever in Philadelphia for Tony Gwynn. Oh, Senior. oh, yes, I've heard the story. And I, I'll be honest with you, I have always been had a little spot in my in my heart for the Philadelphia fans because when Tony Gwynn came to bat for the last time in Philadelphia, he got an ovation saved only for the greatest stars of the game. Yeah. I, it was a beautiful thing to see. I, I was sitting there, I had chills because the Philadelphia fans, Roses won and saluted Tony Gwynn, yeah. somebody that they had only been able to appreciate from afar. But uh, I will always remember that about Philadelphia fans. I know that they have a bad rap because they once booed Santa Claus. Those are Eagles fans, Those were they? Eagle fans at an Eagle-Cowboy game that was played around Christmas one time. <laughs> Santa Claus came out of the field, and they booed him off the field. So Philadelphia fans always have that bad rap. But I, I've always been a – been a fan of Philadelphia fans ever since they saluted Tony the way they did. Two things. They did uh, also salute Tony Gwynn Jr. after, I believe, to uh, I don't want to say this wrong, so I'm not even going to say it, but they did give uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. a standing ovation after something. When he came back to Philadelphia? Yes, yes. Remember, he started his career. No, he didn't start his career there. He started in Milwaukee, and then he went to the Padres, and then he went to the Dodgers. Then the yeah. I think the Phillies was the last stop for Tony but he's he's probably he's on the list of you know baseball players that played for both the Phillies and the Padres. But I don't know that he'd be the greatest player who played for the Padres and the Phillies. If you can think of somebody better than this, let me know. But the guy that comes to my mind is John Crook, yeah. who began his career with the Padres, went on to the Phillies, was part of a World Series team in Philadelphia. John Crook had some great moments here in San Diego, and he was even asked who he's rooting for in this series, John Crook, the dastardly John Crook said he's rooting for the Phillies because he feels like he's more of a Philly but, than he was a Padre. But yeah, but he Padres said, he said win, if the Padres <laughs> win, then I'm rooting for the Padres. Well, okay, John, I got it. Hey, I want to ask you this because we, uh, we have a close friend who is both a equal Phillies Padres fan, and they can put themselves – they can put that to the side when they're not playing. But don't you have to choose a side? I feel like you have to choose a side. Well, anybody who's a Padre fan and a Philly fan, you're telling me somebody from Philadelphia, they probably have more loyalty to the Phillies than they do the Padres. Possibly, but, I mean, um, if you've lived here longer than they – If you've lived here a long time, maybe uh, the Padres have passed the Phillies. Uh, I need I some think, sort of rooting interest in these games. I think only people really know in their own mind, you know. But, yeah, you're going to root one way or the other. The uh, only people that are allowed to root for both are Aaron and uh, Austin Nola's – 
parents. parents yes. yes, they can root for both. But I, I, other I than had that, to think about their names. Other than that, nobody is allowed to root for both. You can't root for both no. teams in any situation. No. But you can't wear that. Yes, split the jersey. Nola, the Nola parents, they can, they they know they're going to have one of their sons in the World Series. So. Uh, it's That's good, pretty cool. It's a good feeling for them. <laughs> All right, game one of the NLCS. It's coming up here on 97.3 The Fan. The first pitch is shortly after 5 o'clock. That means Sammy Lev's pregame show gets underway at 4. Scraby and I will be together here at the Loft in the Western Metal Supply Company building until then. When we come back to Gwen and Chris, we will uh, hear from Bob Melvin, his pregame press conference this afternoon out here at Petco Park. And uh, we'll also... Listen in to who are we going to play? Joe Musgrove with Tony Gwynn Jr. from Saturday night. Yes. Down in the clubhouse. So you'll yes. get to have a little taste of reliving that victory over the Dodgers. We'll also take some phone calls. Interested in what you have to say now that the Dodgers have been vanquished. Are you geared up for Philadelphia? 833-288-0973. We'll take some phone calls in the next segment as well. It's Quinn and Chris, Chris Ello, Matt Scraby from The Loft here at Petco Park on Game 1 of the NLCS, 97.3 The Fan. on the biggest stage in New York and shoved. You come out here, it looks a little bit different, but you pretty much did the same thing. Talk about what it meant to you to have this start in your city against the vaunted Dodgers and go out and put together another classic performance. Yeah, that's what's it, man. I mean, they've handed it to us pretty good all year long, but moments like this, you got to sit there and think about, you know, the other side, if it goes well, you know, you think about, you know, beating the Dodgers in your home stadium, being from San Diego, try to use as much of that energy and that, you know, uh, that excitement to channel it towards you. So early in that game, the plan, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be a seven inning, one hit performance again. It's a really good lineup. So it was all about limiting the damage. Um, you know, they get the two runs early in the game. And my whole goal from that point on was to keep it at two, keep the crowd in it. You know, you see in New York, when the team, when the game starts to run away for the visitors, the crowd gets out of it, the energy, it's very difficult to come back from that. And we feel that as players. So keeping them at two, keeping the crowd in the game, giving us a chance. Once we pushed Anderson out, we knew we had a good chance. Second. Talk about that, because you didn't blink. You gave up the two runs. You stayed with it. That's not easy to do against that ball club, because they can snowball on you real quick. Yeah. How do you be able to really stop that and just get back to your game plan? Yeah, I mean, perspective, I guess. You know, you take it for what it is. You know, you can look at it as we're down 2 nothing to the Dodgers. I don't know that we're going to come back. Or you look at it like my job's not done yet. I got to keep going and keep the game where it's at. And that's the focus, you know. Uh, Nola was incredible last night. In all series, man, I mean, that guy's got every single game in the postseason. He's taking foul balls to the mask. He's blocked balls. He's banged up. But he stopped back there every single pitch and gave everything he had. And he's a big reason why we're where we are. I mean, this is now twice now you've been given the ball in – you could argue some of the biggest games in this franchise history, and you have just embraced it better than anybody I can think of. This this is who you are. Yeah, man, I've been on teams, and I was on that Houston team in 17, and Verlander was our horse. That was a guy that we relied on. When his turn came up in the rotation, everybody felt like that was a night to win. 
So I'm trying to take that on. I'm trying to have these guys build around me and have some energy and some intensity when I'm out on that mound. We're going to have to start calling you Money. Joe Money Musgrove. Nice work. There's Tony Gwynn Jr. down in the clubhouse Saturday night after the Dodgers uh, were vanquished. And Joe Musgrove helped vanquish them. Six innings allowed just the two runs. You know, once again, no-no Joe coming up huge. And, of course, the Padres had to come back with that five-run rally in the bottom of the seventh inning to uh, turn that game around. But Musgrove was, you know, so important. And, and as he said there, Scraby gave up the two runs on the double by Freeman in the third inning. But you, you can't let that game get away. And, yeah. and that's where he did an amazing job. He, he held the Dodgers to just the two and worked out of a couple of other situations. And, you know, as long as it's two, Tim Hill came in, kept it to three. Once the Dodgers added the lead in the seventh inning, Tim Hill, that strikeout of Max Muncie was one of the biggest outs of the whole series, oh, I yeah. thought. Because if the Dodgers get a hit there, there's runners at second and third. They go up 5 nothing, and that ball game's put to bed. That's it. Yeah. And instead, you know, Hill gets those outs, and they hang on to three, and that gives you an opportunity in the bottom of the seventh to come back and uh, put the series away. So I think Tim Hill is very underappreciated, not because anyone is, like, saying bad things about him, but because he comes in and he cleans up some of the hardest messes to clean up for the Padres. And we saw it last year. We've seen it this year. And then he's doing it in the playoffs. So he's a little very, bit of Tim Hill appreciation right here. Tim Hill's very good at getting out of jams with guys on base. And uh, you're right. He did that a lot last year. And uh, his uh, ability to do that in game four on, uh, on Saturday night was huge for the Padres. Uh, we are now to the NLCS, though. I'm going to say that as many times as I can. National League Championship Series. It sounds series. so good. And the Padres involved in it for just the third time in franchise history. You know, the Padres have never lost the National League Championship Series. They're 2-0. and They beat the Cubs, of course, in 84. They beat the Braves in 98. As far as the Phillies are concerned, they're competing in their 10th National League Championship Series. Philadelphia is 5-4 and four all-time in NLCS play. The last time the Phillies were in the NLCS, 2010, they lost to somebody, San Francisco oh, what? Giants. What was that? Well, I was going to say your San Francisco Giants, but I know they're not really well, yours. No. You're, I, you're I've, a 49er I've fan, yes. but you kind of – I've disowned the – I mean, I haven't – I don't cheer for the Giants anymore because no. I'm so close to this team. I watch every single game. I, yeah. I am a Padres fan yeah, now. Yeah, you become a Padre. That. That's why I was going to say. I'm not going to say you are San Francisco but. Giants. But the Giants won their first World Series that year after they beat the Phillies in the NLCS. The Phillies, by the way, went to three straight NLCS in that stretch. They beat the Dodgers in 2008. They beat the Dodgers again in 2009. That was Cole Hamels oh, yeah. who had a tremendous postseason. And then the uh, 2010 Phillies were uh, kept from going back to the World Series by the Giants. Yeah. Let, uh, now that we've talked about the Giants, I will say that people keep asking me what, what I think about the team. And I really do think this reminds me of the 2010 Giants because team chemistry is through the roof. They don't have maybe the best players in the league, but they're all playing in the. They're all playing together, and they're getting things that are coming their way. They're having some lucky bounces that a team needs to keep moving through, and they're taking down these huge 
opponents that no one gives them chances to take down. So I, I really feel like this is 2010 World Series champion vibes right here. Well, I think there are some of those vibes. I'm sure the Phillies are feeling the same thing. I mean, that's that, let's be they honest. They could, yeah. Philly sports doctors saying that. They're saying <laughs> the exact same thing because the Phillies have done what they've done. But I, I don't know that the Padres have, you know, have to take a back seat talent-wise to anybody. And I'm, You're and probably I, right about that. And they I have even, much better players than that 2010 team. And I even mean the Mets and the, and the Dodgers. Those teams won more games than the Padres this year because the Padres, I thought, underachieved during the course of the regular season. I mean, Juan Soto never got hot for the Padres. Josh Bell never got hot for the Padres. Other than Manny Machado, nobody had a great season for the Padres. Everybody just kind of, you know, went along, did their thing. The pitching carried this team, and Bob Melvin was able to keep it together in order to win 89 games. What I feel now is in the last seven games, we've seen the Padres perform a little bit more like they're capable of performing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Trent Grisham, you know, what he's doing is remarkable only when matched against how poor he was during the regular season. But Trent Grisham is normally – a pretty good player he yeah. just didn't have a very good year jay cronenworth had a bad year for jay cronenworth he's you know hitting now like jay cronenworth i'm used to so uh, you know i think a lot of it is that the padres underachieved this season that's why they were so far behind the mets and the dodgers in the standings but you know what the phillies can say the very same thing they underperformed this year as well a lot of people thought they would win the National League East this year. Easily. But remember, they missed Bryce Harper for a good portion of the season after he was hit by that pitch from Blake Snell. Nick Castellanos had a terrible regular season compared to what he normally does. Schwarber hit the 46 home runs. Hoskins hit 30. Besides that... They got the, their manager fired, too. They got their manager fired. They had a revolving door in center field. They had three or four different center fielders this year finally landed on Brandon Marsh after a trade with the Angels late in the year. They didn't really get a lot from their middle infielder. Gene Segura was hurt most of the season. Bryson Stott, who's playing shortstop now, started the year at second base. Didi Gregorius was their shortstop. They finally released him in August. He just wasn't getting the job done. Alex Bohm had a real problem at third base. It took him a long time to get going. So, you know, the Phillies and the Padres, that's why these two teams are mirror images of each other. I think both teams could have expected to win between 95 and 100 games, but neither team did, and now they both have gotten hot in October, and here they are, you know, center stage to go to the World Series. Yeah, and the Padres, uh, we didn't mention, because we don't really talk about it much anymore, but they've missed Fernando Tatis Jr. this entire year. He was a big part of that plan coming into the season. Of course he was, but And they did a really what? good job of finding a way to a little, get, get past that. A little something on Fernando right now. Uh, I, I'm not really in the mood to even talk about Fernando right now. And I don't, it, I, the I whole get thing, that. And I'm not, that. this isn't against you. This no, is against I Fernando. I, you know, it's so disappointing that, you know, he did what he did and everything happened the way it happened. But you know what? To me, there's really no time to think about him right now. You know, it was different last year in Atlanta. Ronald Acuna Jr. was injured and lost for the rest of the season. Yeah. So the Braves were playing in the postseason without their superstar, but that was because of an injury. To me, Ronald Acuna Jr. was still a part of what the Braves did last year. To me, Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, we'll revisit this again at the end of the season, but right now he's not a part, any part of what the Padres are doing. 
And I'm, you know, I, I, I don't want to be too harsh on this. He made a mistake. He's paying the price. But right now, the Padres don't have time to worry about Fernando Tatis Jr., nor do the fans, nor does anybody else. He's not a part of what's going on, and it's by his own volition no, that he's sure. not a part of what's no, going sure. on. And that's a shame, and that's too bad. But, you know, you gotta you got to move on and know that he's not going to be around to help you. I agree. All right, let's go to the phones real quick. And uh, we're actually going to go, Chris, to Philadelphia. Yeah, you want to start there? Tyler in Philly. What's going on? Tyler. Welcome, man. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Good, good. good. What's up? I am a San Diego native, born and raised, moved here uh, about a year ago for my fiance with school. And uh, uh, Chris, you brought up the fact of going to the Phillies and uh, last time we saw saw them there was uh, Tony Gwynn's last game there and they, they gave a big old applause to him and I, I can say that Phillies fans they they are very nice to other teams for like star players or Tony Gwynn Jr.'s uh, or not sorry not Tony Gwynn Jr. Uh, Tony Gwynn jersey there and they gave me uh, they came up to me saying oh man he was such a great player such a great player and, and all that so uh what, what you mentioned there was, was spot on. But when I tell you I'm fired up for this series, boys, I am fired up. I am so <laughs> excited. Nice. I, I'm driving around the town right now, and I'm seeing Philly flags everywhere, and I, I, I can't help but just wish I was back home in, in California and, and able to, uh, to be out there. Uh, this, this series against the Dodgers was amazing. And I just, do you feel I like the uh, fans in Phil- do you feel like the media, the fans in Philadelphia are giving the Padres any chance? Are they concerned about the Padres in this series? Um honestly, it it has been more Philly Philly heavy here for obvious reasons. Um but it it has been a toss up. I I do listen to some morning talk, talk shows here too and they they are also very scared of the Padres and how dangerous this lineup can be. And I honestly think this is going to be such a fun series, and it's going to be awesome to watch on TV. I unfortunately couldn't get any tickets for for the games here. Um, just prices are insane, but I'm I'm so excited to be watching. I will be staying home though because. that's that's great it's a lot of fun to have your team in the in the championship series to begin with thank you tyler but to have them in the in the championship series playing against the team from the city where you're living it's it's extra special and tyler if you can still hear me when the padres win this series i expect you to drive downtown or close to downtown a little north of downtown there and park your car and run up the Rocky Stairs and do the victory <laughs> dance at the top of the Rocky Stairs, waving the Padre flag in Philadelphia. <laughs> I think that would be the ultimate. That would be pretty amazing, to be honest. That would uh, be cool. All right. We are going to get you, Bob Melvin, before the show ends, that is for sure. But we're going to go to Gary in San Diego right now. Gary, I know you are looking forward to this game. I'm absolutely looking forward to this game. And I, uh, for a lot of reasons, I love the intensity that the players, management, the fans have. And, you know, I really want them to succeed and take this pennant for a lot of reasons. But, you know, they went and beat the Mets. You know, you don't get a banner from beating the Mets. You beat the Dodgers, but they get a claim division champs, right? Or do we get a claim division champs? 
I think they get to claim division champs, but we get the ultimate claim. Yeah. So the one that r kind of really matters. Yeah, I think <laughs> we get the, the the thing that really matters. Although they probably get the actual piece of cloth. Yeah. Well, I'd like this demonstrative evidence, this pennant banner, um, to hang at at Petco. Um, you know, to to selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details show the culmination of all their great efforts um i think it'd be just wonderful the pennant is the world series of the national league and i think if they look at it that way there's an urgency and they played with urgency all along where you know the dodgers didn't um for example in prior years roberts would have brought in kershaw or aurelia to close out some of these sudden death games like saturday night if he was truly playing with urgency, but they kind of thought they had it in the bag, and the seventh inning uprising was extremely clutch. I just love it. Um, the um, Cronenworth driving that ball back up the middle with the matchup, left-hander on left-hander, is textbook, textbook hitting lefty on lefty, and it was absolutely clutch. You couldn't ask for more. That If any, any coach wants to show their left-handers how to approach a left-handed pitcher, there's your video. I mean, that is awesome. But anyhow, getting back to the pennant, I'd love to see these guys take the pennant for a lot of reasons, including um, it's like you said, I love your term. It's cloth. It's demonstrative evidence 
that they really rose to the occasion and played so well against the Mets and the Dodgers, and I hope they have the same success against the Phillies. Gary wants some. Uh, Gary wants yes, some tangible. You, he wants tangible proof that we've got the Mets some, and the Dodgers. Hey, they've got some skin in the Gary. game, and I just want them to have have some something they can look at for years to come, yeah. uh, and remind them on how they stepped up. All right. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate your call. I really do. But we have uh, full phone lines right now, so thank you so much for calling. And call us back here in the next couple days when the Padres have won a couple games. So we have enough time for one more caller before the break. Let's go to Chris and Escondido. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. How are you? Hey, Chris. Oh, freaking awesome. Guys, I just wanted to uh, say one thing. I appreciate you so much. You, Chris Ello, I've been listening to him since he was broadcasting high school football back in the early 90s. Uh, and Tony Gwynn, um, just, you know, what his family's meant to the entire city of San Diego and the fabulous fans of San Diego. Um, we don't win a whole lot here, but when we do, we do it right. And, and I'm so proud of this city right now. I can't even, uh, I'm jumping out of my skin. I can't even explain it to you, but thank you for all you guys do. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for listening, and thank you for participating. Thanks, Chris. That was very nice of it you. It was. And Chris is 100% right, man. When we win here, we do it right. We do it with style, and hopefully we'll keep doing it. Game one of the National League Championship Series is just a couple of hours away. We have another hour left on Gwyn and Chris, broadcasting live from The Loft. Western Metal Supply Company building, Petco Park, San Diego, California, 97.3 The Fan. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Quinn and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr. The Bears. The Bears. Really? Tony just chimes in quickly. No, 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 no. Wait, no, whoa, no, wait. No, 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 no wait. No, 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 I'm oh, saying wait. like the Bears. Oh, you're just, oh, you're saying, just saying the Bears. The bears. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And Chris Ello. I would like to see a day when you are no longer thought of as snarky. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports. Yes! 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 With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look! Here comes our fearless producer! Gwen and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Austin, you took a beating a little bit these last two series. Foul balls off the face, yet... You had your best performance offensively. Save the best for last. Talk all about what it's meant for you to go out. And we know what you do defensively. We know how you handle the pitchers. But to go out and put together the offensive performance you have in this, not just this series, but the entire postseason, it's got to mean something to you. We worked hard for it all year, you know. When you come into the postseason, it's, it's a different feeling. Just go play, right? All the work you've done, let it let it happen. And I think that's just that's a good feeling to be able to go out there and enjoy it, right? It, it doesn't happen all the time. You got to go enjoy every bit of it and be a little kid out there, and that's what I've done. Talk about the resilience of your starting pitcher, Joe Musgrove, today. He gave up. We saw what he did in New York. 
He gives up the two early runs against a, a, a very good offense. A very good. What did you tell him? What was it about his demeanor today that told you it was going to be all right? Me and him have this thing. We worked out together all offseason. We're going to talk about our training. And I, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever seen. He's always in the weight room, always training. I said, we always talk about trust your training. When you get in those situations, it's going to come right back down to what you've trained for, right? And that's what he does. He, bring, he steps it right back down to his training. He doesn't let the situation get too big for him. Right back to his training, and now he executes. Beautiful. I mean, it wasn't just Joe. It was the back end of that the entire bullpen, all, all series long. Just talk about really shortening the game, really six innings, because that back end was throwing the ball so well. So well. The way they attack, I mean, you see it. You got guys with live arms throwing 100 miles, and you got Tim Hill throwing you know, underhand practically. They're executing breaking balls in the zone behind in the count. Like, you can't hit with that. You can't hit that. Guys are throwing, can throw 100 and they can throw a breaking ball for a strike behind it. Like, come on, you ain't hit. Now, I know you pretty well. You're, you're, pr you're pretty studious when it comes to getting ready for this next series. How long will you wait before you start pulling out the, the iPad to begin, to begin working on I'm the next series? I'm enjoying this one all night. Well, go enjoy yourself, brother. Congratulations. Yes, NLCS game one, game one of the NOLA Bowl. That's Nola Austin NOLA. Our guy, Aaron NOLA, for the Phillies will pitch in game two tomorrow afternoon. We welcome you back to Gwen and Chris, our final hour together today as we are heading toward the pregame show. Sammy Lev will have that. We are broadcasting live from the Loft Western Metal Supply Company building here at Petco Park, which for the first time ever is host to game one of the National League Championship Series, not just Petco Park, first time ever in San Diego that we've hosted game one of a National League Championship Series. Padres coming off that thrilling dismissal of the Dodgers in the National League Division Series, three games to one. The Phillies feeling pretty much the same thing after knocking out the World Series champion Braves also in four games, Hugh Darvish will pitch tonight for the Padres. Zach Wheeler, a very tough customer. He was a finalist for the Cy Young Award last year. And uh, that right-hander will be difficult to hit tonight as he goes for the Phillies. And I tell you, you look at these lineups, Philadelphia is loaded. I mean, they, I mean, Schwarber leading off, 46 home runs. And uh, Reese Hoskins hitting second, 30 home runs. Then Bryce Harper, their superstar. Then our JT Real Muto's in the middle of that. Uh, he's probably the best overall catcher, offense, defense in baseball today. Uh, it's a good Philadelphia lineup all the way to the bottom of it. Gene Segura bats eighth. Brandon Marsh bats ninth. Marsh hit a three-run home run the other day against the Braves in the clinching game for Philadelphia. And then the Padres, they're going to go with, uh, you know, Profar. Of course, leading off and uh, and then go with Soto and Machado and Josh Bell will be in there tonight because he hits the Philadelphia Phillies. He beats them like a drum. I mean, career-wise, Josh Bell has totally owned the Philadelphia Phillies. He's also done well against Zach Wheeler. But let's be honest, Josh Bell has struggled. He's, he's had the struggle sauce, as Tony <laughs> likes to say, in the playoffs. He did hit the two-run home run off Max Scherzer, though to kickstart this whole thing 
in game one of the Mets series, but he's been pretty quiet since then. You know what's what's good about the playoffs and what's good about if you don't really perform throughout the playoffs, if you have a marquee moment, people will always remember you as the guy who started it all off as hitting a two-run homer against yeah. Max Scherzer and well, the let's Mets. Hope, let's hope Josh Bell has a couple more marquee moments because they're going to need some more marquee moments from him as this series goes along. Uh, Cronenworth, the hero of the Dodger series, he's in the middle of the lineup, of course. Will Myers is in there. Will Myers... You know, when they first traded for Josh Bell and traded for Soto and traded or acquired Drury, I really thought that was going to be the end for Will Myers. I didn't think we'd see much of Will Myers down the stretch, and especially if they made the playoffs. I thought Will Myers would be sitting on the bench. But Will Myers has played so well at first base, and he's hit the ball, you know, on the screws here in the last six or seven games that it isn't even a question as to whether or not he should be in the lineup tonight. He absolutely should be in the lineup tonight. And I'm really excited for Will, the longest tenured Padre, struggled for much of the season, then had an injury, took him out for about two and a half months. But I'm glad Will Myers is in the middle of this thing because, you know, he's the kind of guy you want to win this for. Yeah, and uh, I also want to win it for him because he spent uh, over $1,000 on the fans in the yeah, gas tell lamp me about on Saturday what he did. night. Tell us what he did the other night. So That's he goes incredible. out. Yeah, he, he went out and wanted to party with the Padres fans downtown, so him and his wife went to some of the bars, and they ended up buying all the drinks and buying everything that was being passed around in, in at least one bar, but they went to multiple bars, and I saw one figure being at one establishment over $1,000 that they, they had purchased. And Bob Melvin made a funny comment. He said, I, I may have gone and joined him if I uh, if I knew he was out there. Knew he was paying? And then he said, yeah. And then he said, well, Will's, Will's got some cash. He, he's okay. He's okay. Will can and cover Will, it. Will is that guy who, who strikes me as a guy who's, like, not a big money-hungry person. And uh, it, it's weird how Will, has, Will Myers has come through in the last couple years because – there was a long time where Will Myers, uh, you know, there's a lot of angry people at Will Myers. Now Will Myers, at the end of this year at least, and there were some angry people in the middle of the year, but now he seems like he's kind of like a, a folk hero he's for the beloved. Padres. He's beloved all of a sudden again, Will Myers, absolutely. I got to tell you, Sarabi, you remember you, I don't know if you asked me this on the air or off the air within the last couple of weeks, but you said if I could – you know, not do sports talk radio, and but I could pick any it other on the line of the world. Yes. And I said, I don't know. I'm happy what I'm doing. Yeah. And that was a crappy answer. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank I'm you for give, finally admitting it. I'm going to give you a better answer. I wish I could do something that could one day allow me to walk into an establishment in the gas lamp, a la Will Myers, and hold up my credit card and say, <laughs> the next round is completely on me. Oh, I what think they heard you at the Loft Bar, Chris. All right, everybody at the Loft's going to go over and buy <laughs> Lori's something. listening right now like, what? Ah! <laughs> but that would, be, that, would be, that would be something, to be in a situation, I mean, to be in a, in a spot like Will Myers' and be able to buy a round for everybody in the gas lamp as he did on Saturday yeah, night. That's, that's terrific. It. I want to finish up the pottery lineup. Kim... And then Grisham and then, of course, Nola, and the three of them have been spectacular in the playoffs. So there you go. Yes. All right. Let's get back to the phones. We're going to go to Chad in Chula Vista. Chad, you're on. Gwyn and Chris, what's going on? Howdy, fellas. Howdy, hey, dude. Chad. What's going on, boys? I, uh, real quick, um, I absolutely adore your show. Listen to you every day. Thank you for it. Um, I have dreamt for the last couple of years of the moment that happened Saturday against L.A. in some type of 
crucial game like that, and it just played out. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it was actually happening. Uh, I'm up there in 305. Uh, you know, in the you know the steps were kind of wet. I mean, when when Crony that rope to center field. I mean, I'm out there dancing. I'm waving my Cronenworth jersey around, and, and my poor wife, I accidentally stepped on her toe. But you know, I, I just <laughs> I'm ready for these Phillies. Now, it's just like I had told Coach uh, a while back, probably about a week before the playoffs start. You know, the attitude that would need to change, you know, or whatever kind of motivational speech they would need would be, listen, we don't want to take the easy road, which I believe the Phillies have done. Okay, we are going for a world championship. So, world champions do not sidestep landmines. We go into New York, bring back the summer of 77, and shut the power off of Manhattan. And then we came down here, back to our home, and we showed L.A. what our colors are, the brown and the yellow. The brown is for the dirt they play on, and the yellow is for the big Caterpillar D7 dozer that we use to roll over the Blue Boys. So, what's next? I cannot wait to see what unravels in this series because these Padres have earned it, and they've earned it with heart. And one last thing, because I know that there's some kids that listen out there too. Ha Song Kim. I have a very superstitious way about me during Padres season, and especially now. I have to wear one of my two drawerfuls of breaking tees that I have collected over the years. Uh, you know, opening game against Scherzer, of course, I had to wear my Slamarina shirt, which I, you know, prize. I don't want to keep that tight, <laughs> but I had to wear it to work that day. I wore my Beat LA shirt all last week, did not wash it. I smelled the high heaven, but I didn't care. I believe it worked. Swing and fryer underwear, you name it. But today I wear my Hassan Kim shirt. And for any kid out there that's, you know, got stars in their eyes and they're following the Padres and, you know, want to play baseball, I want to change his name to Hassan Hustle because that's how you get it done in baseball. This young man has come up the old fashioned way. He comes over here, doesn't speak English in the major leagues. And when you see him up to bat, and you've got 45,000 people shouting his name, he has earned that. He's earned it with grit and hustle. And, I mean, you want to talk about an American success story, Ha Song Kim personifies that. And I'm just so glad that he's on our team. I absolutely love our team. Everybody on there, Bell is going to get hot in this series. I know it. I love him, too. I love them all. Guys, this is happening. Let's go get them. Chad, uh, spoken like a true Thank excited you, fan. I, I want to go back to Hassan Kim for a second because he's right. Hassan Kim was overmatched completely last year. Uh, couldn't hit the fastball. It was getting by him pretty much with regularity. This guy had to work really hard to make himself a major league hitter. And not only that, he's been so invaluable because he's taken the spot at Tatis at shortstop, and, he, and the Padres haven't missed too much there. I mean, Hassan Kim, nobody's going to give you the offensive support that Tatis would have, but Hassan Kim has hardly been an easy out, and uh, a lot of it is due to his dedication and hard work. Speaking of Hassan Kim, though, Scraby. What's that? I have to ask you. Uh-oh. When he comes to bat. Okay. Uh -oh. The chant, Hassan Kim, Hassan Kim. Kim. All right. That's the same cadence as the chant, beat L.A., beat L.A. Okay. And we heard that. For two straight nights, yes, we did. Friday yes, and we Saturday did. night, yes, it, we did. it wasn't just a, it wasn't even just a chant. It was a crusade, practically. I loved it. Coming from the Padre faithful, what can possibly replace that? 
for this series against the Phillies. You know, I mean, beat Phil Lee, beat <laughs> Phil Lee does not have the same ring to it, I must tell you. I got. I, I have to shout out the listener that um, DM'd me about this. Forrest Taylor said, do we change the chant to beat Phil Lay? No, we don't change it no, to that. No, because you know we're, what not I'm gonna do? we're not playing a stake. You know what I'm going <laughs> to You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to let the Padres dictate what I'm chanting because they their entertainment team is pretty good about that stuff. Yeah. Like they put up on the board the BLA. So whatever they put up there, that's what I'm going to chant. All right, we'll see what the Padres come up with to replace beat LA because now that LA has been beaten, there is another opponent that stands in the Padres way. Do you want to sneak one more phone call in, or do you uh, want to take a break and check some traffic? Let's take a break, check some traffic, and then we do need to hear from Bob Melvin, so we'll do that on the other side. Oh, we still haven't heard from Bob Melvin No, yet. but we need to. We're having so much fun we hanging out, to. getting ready for game one. We've got to hear from the skipper when we return on 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. This hour, 97.3 The Fan, brought to you by On Deck Small Business Loans. When you own a small business, sometimes you need funds fast. So go to ondeck.com. They're America's largest online small business lender. On Deck makes it easy to apply in minutes. Apply for your loan today at ondeck.com. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together here on Gwen and Chris, broadcasting live from the Western Metal Supply Company building at uh, the Loft Petco Park site of Game 1 of the National League Championship Series. Gets underway in just about an hour and a half. The Padres hosting the Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, I'll tell you what, Scraby, it's filling up here at the Loft. There's it no sure question. Is. People sure are is. piling in. Everybody's yeah. got their Padre jerseys. Yeah. Saw a smattering of Philadelphia gear. But... Um, it's not the same buzz. I got to be honest with you. It's not quite the same buzz as it was for Friday and Saturday night. And that's okay. Like I said, it's going to take some time, I think, to build up to the fever pitch that we were all at to play the Los Angeles Dodgers. I also have a theory on this because I just was texted by a friend who's trying to make it down here saying it's a madhouse. So it's a Tuesday night. It's a 5 o'clock game, which never happens on a Tuesday night in San Diego. Uh, I feel like it's only natural for this place to fill up a little bit slower. Well, it's going to fill up a little bit slower, but I'm talking about the the, uh, the intensity, the, the intensity yeah. and the excitement of the fans. I don't feel it right now I the don't same either. way I, I did for lie. games three and four of that Dodger series. That's why I think it's going to be incumbent on the Padres to score some runs early and remind their crowd where we're at. We are in the National League Championship Series, and it's going to be time to get fired up, people. The Yankees are leading Cleveland 5-1. to one. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning of the American League Divisional Series, Game 5. Yankees hold on. They will advance to take on the Houston Astros in the ALCS. In the mean, yes, what I do you remember got? what I was about to say like an hour ago. An hour ago, yes. Scraby said he had oh something gosh. crucial to say. <laughs> then he totally forgot what it was, and now here we are. An hour later. An hour later. What was it? You it better triggered be worth me. It. You triggered me. It better be worth it. You know who's the only team not crying about the time off? The Astros. They're the only team that's not crying. The Dodgers are crying. The Braves are crying. The Astros are not crying, Chris. No, that they... was not worth the hour wait, but 
not I'm even. So glad that I remembered it. It totally just threw me off of my entire entire pace of where I was oh, going. Oh yes, okay. So I'm not sorry. only was it boring <laughs> it information, was boring. it was it, <laughs> it messed me up. No, uh, Bob Melvin, his pregame press conference this afternoon at Petco Park. Here's what the skipper had to say ahead of game one tonight. Bob, so far, how impressed have you been with how your team has handled all the media hoopla and the potential noise, and is there even more of it for this series, and how do you keep that from emanating in the clubhouse, or does it happen? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't talk about it much. You just know and understand that there's a good reason for it, and, you know, we're in a place where that happens. Getting into our parking lot is a little bit of a pain, but um, other than that, I think you kind of embrace the reasons for it. Since both of these teams are similar, both you and Rob talked about that. Does it make it easier for you to maybe predict what the other side might be doing? Obviously, you already have scouting reports and everything. But And on the other side of it, does it give you any incentive to maybe be a little bit less predictable in, in a longer series? Yeah, I think, you know, we don't certainly don't play them as much as we did the Dodgers. So, and it was kind of spaced out, I think, and we were done with them a little bit earlier. Harper wasn't in a lot of the games. They seem to run a little bit more at this point in time. So, you know, I think you kind of get a feel in the first couple games. That's probably the case with any team that you haven't played a bunch during the course of the season. Longer series, you probably get more of a handle as you go along, but there are probably some uncertainties at the beginning. Bob, you have a few players who have been in a championship series. How much is their leadership? Paying off as much as right now as you guys prepare. Yeah, anytime you have guys that have been deeper in the postseason, those are the guys you kind of lean on a little bit, to, you know, for perspective and or, you know, anything they can lend as far as, you know, how how it's going to feel. But you can talk about it all you want until you get out there and experience it. You know, it's tough to kind of, you know, really really lend a, an opinion on on what it's going to feel like. Each individual feels differently in those type of things. So the last series was pretty spirited. Our ballpark was great. It felt like, you know, real, real deep postseason baseball. So hopefully we gain a little bit from that series. I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit later too, but the fact that you're going to have those five games in five days and, and you have a starting rotation that's worked deep into games, how beneficial is having the guys that you have in your rotation that can pitch deep into games for that setting? It is. They have to get there too, though. It's a pretty good lineup. You know, they have some power throughout and can do some things a little bit differently at the bottom than they do at the top. So, you know, we do have guys that expect to and want to go deep in these games, but we'll see how we get there too. So, you know, there are certain guys that you don't want your pitchers facing too many times around. Fourth time can be a little bit dicey. Um, but, you know, that's it's more feel from game to game. But I would agree with you, Do we do have a number of starting pitchers that you know, not only have been deep in games, but expect to. I know we discussed the possibility of maybe moving some of the lower guys in the lineup, Grisham specifically, up higher, but is it just the kind of the comfort that they've been performing down there that you're keeping it the way, the way it yeah, is? Yeah, no reason to really change. I, I had different lineups I was looking at today, but, you know, settled on. It's worked pretty well so far. Um, we're getting production from guys at the bottom that feel good kind of around each other. Some guys that can run a little bit at the bottom, some put and play type of things, you know, with Nola. So we'll keep it keep it the same. It doesn't mean it won't change uh, as we go along in the series. Second row on the aisle. Uh, Bob, in terms of the last few years in Oakland, falling a little bit short of the LCS, 
on a personal note, how much are you enjoying this being just one step away from the World Series? Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, the closer you get to the World Series, the more exciting it gets, right? It's the way it's supposed to be. So um, makes for a much longer season. You you know, the after games, you feel worn out more so, but then you feel just as invigorated when you come the next day for a game. So, you know, you talk about highs and lows during the course of the season. Now it's highs and lows from game to game. It just seems like every game is that much more dramatic. So it makes it makes it a lot more fun. Kevin? Hey, Bob. When you're preparing for the game throughout the day, I mean, you've done this for so long, but how's the postseason different? Like, you talk about looking at lineups. How much more are you tempted to, like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, overmanage, which word? Well, I hope I don't do that. But um, you, you, you know what? You, you're... You try to remain the same. You try to think that that you do it right during the course of a season. Um, you know, might dig a little bit deeper. I'm looking at pitch out counts today, which I don't do a ton sometimes. But you want to make sure that every piece of information you have, you at least peruse it, um, just for your own psyche. To you know, I didn't miss something here. But I think as, as far as the coaching staffs goes and myself, that we're pretty prepared every series, and you try to keep that kind of the same. Hey, Bob, have you noticed just kind of the mood temperament of the team change, you know, from I think the anxiety nerves of that wild card series, obviously last series, do, you, do they feel more in, more confident? I mean, have you noticed any change now in your third postseason series? Yeah, I think more excitement. So you get through the what, what, what anxiety or nerves, you know, maybe in the first series, and now it's just the excitement about going deeper. You look at the front of our dugout now, there's a lot more people there, and I can't see the game near as well from where I stand. So it, it just seems like these guys are on the top step, you know, trying to support their guys, root them on, and, you know, that's probably taken to a different level. All right, Bob Melvin there getting ready for game one of the National League Championship Series tonight. The Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. That from this afternoon here, part of the press conferences leading up to game one. I'll tell you what, uh, Petco Park is open now. The lights are on. It's a beautiful day, though. I don't think we're going to get any rain today, Scrape. Yeah, I don't think I'm so. no weatherman, but I don't see a single cloud anywhere within the vicinity. No, so. all I know is that it was like the surface of the sun walking from the parking lot up here. It's a little warmer today, A little warmer it? today. It's, uh, yeah. My phone's telling me it's 81 degrees. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little warm at game time. You Darvish will start it for the Padres. Zach Wheeler, the excellent right-hander, will pitch for the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll take a final break on Gwyn and Chris. Then Scraby and I will be back at the loft at the Western Metal Supply Company building, broadcasting live until 4 o'clock. Then it's Sammy Lev. He'll take over with the pregame show right on up to the first pitch shortly after 5 o'clock today. The Padres and the Phillies, the National League Championship Series. You'll hear it all right here on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. I got Blake Snell standing with me right now. Blake, you got a chance to go back out there to make another start after the rough one in New York. Now you're here celebrating this NLCS on the way to the NLCS. Just tell me what you're feeling right now. Really excited. Can't wait. More excited that we don't have to go to L.A. 
I didn't pack my bags. I did not pack it. Um, just really excited. I mean, the team was, what we did in that seventh inning was special. And we're playing team ball. We're pitching our butts off. We're playing unbelievable defense. So it's getting really fun. Really fun. I'll use another word, but I'm going to use fun. Talk about your outing last night. I mean, you grinded through it, a, a, an extremely tough lineup over there. You put the team in a position to win. You get the victory. A little redemption from your last start in New York. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I was really looking forward to it. After my start in New York, I was pretty frustrated. So to be able to get another opportunity, I wasn't going to let it slide, especially against that lineup. The talented, they can hurt you. We all know that. That team over there is it's a good team, a really good team. The best team in franchise history for them. So let's do what we did. It means we, we're pretty special over here, too. I think everybody's finding that now. I got to ask you about the goose run there at the end. You took a trip around the bases with the goose. Is that going to be the new mascot? I don't know. I just saw it. I grabbed it, and I took off. And then I got tired towards the end, so I put it down. <laughs> Blake, go enjoy yourself, brother. Oh, I'm sorry, we're back. That's Blake Snell on with Tony Gwynn Jr. down in the clubhouse after game four of the Dodger clincher. I got to tell you, Blake Snell is one of my favorite guys to interview. He is hilarious. I love his attitude. I love the way he breaks things down. And uh, he'll be on the mound tomorrow afternoon in game two of the NLCS when the Dodgers, uh, the Padres, and Phillies get together. Game one, of course, it'll be you, Darvish, starting for the Padres. Zach Wheeler tomorrow, Blake Snell, and Aaron Nola. See, I got to I gotta pause before I say which Nola it is because I get these guys confused so often. Austin Nola is on the good guys. Aaron Nola is on the other side. So that's what we got for uh, this series. But the, the Nola Bowl should be something pretty cool with the Phillies, and the Padres. All right, if you want to sneak a phone call in, you're going to have to do it here in the next 15 minutes or so, 833-288-0973. We'll take some phone calls, but before we do that, let's check traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. DeLeo is back in the studio. She is handling the show today, I believe the first time. Yes. And we've had Maddie working on Gwen and Chris. She's doing an excellent job today. Thank Thank you, you so much, Maddie for everything. Sammy Lev is coming down here to the loft at the Western Metal Supply Company building. He'll be here in about 15 minutes with a Padre pregame show uh, ahead of game one of the National League Championship Series. Scraby, a couple of other things going on in sports. Of course, last night, Chargers beat Denver 19-16, an overtime yawner. I don't know what it is, but every time the Broncos play a game, it's a yawner. It's bad. This is a team that I mean, their defense is pretty good. you got to say that. But offensively, they are a complete mess. They continue to be a mess. I can't believe Russell Wilson in the second half in overtime last night passed for a total of 15 yards. 15 yards. This is a National Football League team. This is a Hall of Fame-type quarterback in Russell Wilson. And yet 15 yards is all Denver could muster through the air in the second half in overtime last night. By the way, the guy who won the game for the Chargers, Dustin Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. Four I field rant goals. You got a rant. Yes. Four field goals. Today, he went on the injured list. He will be out for a month. 
So this guy was kicking through extreme pain last night. I got to give him a little credit. You don't want to give him any? Uh, no, I'm going to give him credit for kicking through pain because I, I could see that he was truly in pain. It was more about what happened after Monday Night Football when they treated him like it was Ronnie Locke cutting off his finger to play some football. They were interviewing him after Monday Night Football. They were acting like it was a gutsy performance. He's a kicker. Why are we talking about a kicker like this? The guy had a strained hamstring. He's a kicker. Well, I think he has a little more than a strained hamstring. The I'm going to go could, see what he got put on The there guy for. could barely stand up. I mean, he made four field goals and won the game. I, you're right. It's not Ronnie Lott cutting off his finger, but very few injuries are Ronnie Lott cutting off his finger. I think you're being a little harsh on a kicker I, I, here. No, I probably this am. This guy turned in a pretty heroic performance last night as far as the Chargers were concerned. They go to 4-2. and two. The Broncos go to 2-4. and four. And a week six of the NFL is now officially in the books. The other big story going on in the National Football League, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, has started the assault against Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. Jim Ursay publicly calling for the removal of Daniel Snyder today. That's just the beginning of what I think is going to be a real fun fight between all of these rich owners in the National Football League. They should be starting to air some dirty laundry here anytime now. Oh, and they're billionaires, which means that there's good. I mean, I hope there's nothing too too terrible, but I just can't wait for all this dirty laundry to come out because all of these guys are kind of dirtbaggy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, come on. Every single owner in the not NFL? Not every single owner in the you NFL. You just said all of these guys are kind of dirtbaggy. So do you want to go back on now, that Let me statement? go back and say some of these guys are dirt baggy okay. some of the owners are. all right there you go that might be a little better i don't i don't really know the owner of the say carolina panthers you do uh, yes yeah, jerry richardson i believe is it still uh, no did he get removed was that I the guy who got been removed? removed a long time oh, okay, ago never mind so. so that's why i shouldn't be talking yeah because. you're probably overstating this but some of these owners it would be pretty interesting to find some oh, of the skeletons. tepper is the new owner yeah it would be interesting to find some of the skeletons of the jerry jones closet in the stephen ross closet in the who's the other may oh, robert Kraft closet well there's plenty in the there's going to be a lot of stuff for Daniel Snyder to come out. There's too many jokes here, Chris. There's too many jokes. Well, have you ever seen? Uh, and, and I know that this isn't a great person to bring up, but R. Kelly's trapped in a closet. No. Okay, never mind. Then. I don't know anything about R. Okay. Kelly. I, yeah, you don't need to. He's, yeah, he's not R, a good dude. The name R. Kelly is no longer a part of my world. I, I, I don't have too much time or time or information for him. They're in the seventh inning. It. Yankee Stadium still 5-1 in favor of the Bronx Bombers over the Cleveland Guardians. The Yankees are currently six outs away from getting into the American League Championship Series where the Houston Astros await. All right, yes. let's get uh, finish up with some phone calls here. Yeah, let's go to Moses in IB. What's up, Moses? You're on going to Chris. Hi, guys. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge it's such a great job you guys do on the radio. Thank Thanks, you. Moses. Thank you. Second, um, uh, we we also chanted, uh, you know, as a Latino, we were chanting "Si se puede" around the stadium, which means we can do it or we can accomplish this. Um, that was that was what you uh, there was some of that in the other. But anyways, that, I just wanted I just want you to guys know that we were there as a Latino. We support our team a hundred percent. As a matter of fact, we were in. Uh, we had to go out of town to Mexico, uh, Mexicali, 
over the weekend, and we were watching the games there, and we were all that had our our pottery hats, and and we were all screaming. And when when we when we uh, when we beat LA in the last game, it was a celebration, and everybody was looking at us like we were crazy. So it's uh, we support our team. I love my team. I've been uh, a pottery fan since whew, a long time. I, this is the second dream season that we have, and go Padres! And I want to say, uh, I want to see if I can uh, just uh, shout out to my kids, uh, Moses Jr. and Arthur and Sergio. They're listening, so there you go. Tell your kids to do their schoolwork, Moses. They got to do their schoolwork before they watch the game tonight. Oh, they're, they're grown up. Oh, they're grown-ups, Oh, they're grown-ups, okay. okay they're, so they're they don't have schoolwork. All right, good. Thanks, Moses. Appreciate that. Thank you, Moses. Good phone call there. And I think he's speaking for a lot of Padre fans yeah. who acted like they were just absolute lunatics Saturday night. And isn't it fun to act like a lunatic Oh yeah, and have it be okay? I saw two people after the Hassan Kim hit. I saw them running at each other to hug each other, and they both tripped at the same time, and they both hit each other and <laughs> fell down, and they were both laughing and having a great time. Yeah. I mean, the 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 positive energy in this stadium when the Padres are winning is is infectious. Never mind the positive energy just in this stadium, Scraby. The positive energy that is in this community. You're right. Uh, there's nothing that can bring a community together the way a successful baseball team can and you know we haven't seen enough of it in our history in san diego but we're seeing it now and for those who haven't experienced it in san diego before buckle your seat belts because mm. it's going to continue to get crazier i can tell you right now i can feel it it's starting to build inside of me chris but i'm only one person of many tonight you're representing the masses yes my friend all right so let's go to jeremy and el cajon what's going on jeremy you're on going to chris Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for taking my call. I was at the game Saturday night. Got to share that moment with my wife, who used to hate baseball before this team, before Peter Seidler put together the team, and now she loves it. She's just addicted. She got to see them uh, beat L.A. on Saturday and send them home. So it's just great. But, hey, you guys are talking about, like, a chant. We had beat L.A. I don't know, but how about just World Series, just World Series? World Series. World Series. World (laughs) Series. That might be a little premature in game one. Yeah. It might work in game six or something if you're about to close them out. But I I like the idea, Jeremy. I just think it's a little early. Game one, that's that's being a little (laughs) – that's being hopeful, but it might (laughs) be – Go ahead. Doing some vision casting, you know? Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Jeremy, for the phone call. But I, Thanks, I, I like how we're thinking about the chance because these are things that are important to me, Chris, while I'm watching a baseball game. Well, they're going to be important to the people that are in the audience and the stands tonight. They're going to want something to ch- And the beat L.A. chant isn't going to work in this series, although it would be kind of funny if they were up 7-1 to one tonight and just for the hell of it, everybody at Petco Park broke out in a beat L.A. chant. That would be pretty funny, actually. It would be. It would be. Uh, it would be kind of funny, yes. But we, we got to come up with. I told you, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to what the Padres put on the board. If they put a chant on the board, I'm sure that they've thought about this. And uh, you know that there's going to be a goose sighting tonight. There has to be a goose sighting tonight. Well, I think the goose will make the scoreboard tonight. Oh the, yes, that's been part of the rally cry for the Padres. I'm not sure how the Padres get to adopt the goose. Is their official rally? I don't know either, but they did. But they kind of have, and 
you know, look, the Padres haven't lost a game since that goose landed in right field the other night at Dodger Stadium. So <laughs> it's Tony Gwynn Jr.'s robot, remember? Tony Gwynn Jr.'s. <laughs> Someone posted that Tony Gwynn Jr. And by the way, I did get a, uh, a lot of uh, posts saying that it was all in satire, and I, I understand that. I didn't think that the guy was, like, actually thinking that they were cheating, but anyway. I would like to know, do we have any more phone calls right yeah, now? Yeah, we do. We have, uh, right now, we have David in San Diego. You're on Gwynn and Chris. What's up, David? Hey, David, how are you? Oh, Man, I'm doing great. Um, I'm recently transplanted here from Houston. I was a Astros fan, diehard my entire life, and then we finally win the World Series to get all of that other stuff happening. So I, I, I am just so happy for this city. I'm beside myself. I, it, it, for one, we have nothing in Houston that compares to your guys' radios. I mean, uh, Scraby and Chris, you guys are awesome. You really are. I mean, I listen to you every day, and I'm not really a talk radio listener <laughs> kind of guy. But, man, the, the, the excitement in this city is, I was saying that even if they didn't, before the playoffs, you know, this, something about the baseball fan in, in San Diego is, is just a cut different than I've ever seen. I mean, really, you guys support your team like I've never seen. And so I put down my uh, Astros hat, and I've got uh, all my Padre garb on now. And if my boys in Houston could actually know I was on the radio talking to you guys, they would freak out. Thank you so much, David, for good, the phone David, call. Good, good phone call, David. I'll tell you what, Houston... That's the that's the hottest city on the planet, by the way. The most humidity I've ever felt in my life is in Houston, Texas. Really? So I've always felt for all those people there. But they got some great fans there, and you could end up having a Houston, San Diego World Series if it happens. It would be full circle for the Padres. Remember the first game the Padres ever played in their history in 1969, oh, oh, oh. here in San Diego was against the Houston Astros. So it would be something to get to a World Series and have to face the Houston Astros. But uh, that's still a long way off, man. you got to beat Philadelphia first. It's going to be a great battle. It's got a great lineup the Phillies have. Two outstanding starting pitchers. they got a bullpen that's been hot, pitching well of late. And, you know, they got a, they got the same momentum as the Padres have right now. So, and that's, you know, they just knocked off the Cardinals and the Braves. And don't forget... Whereas the Padres feel like a team that never quits, Phillies were down 2-0 in the ninth inning of their first playoff game against St. Louis, came back and scored six runs to win that ball game. It was one of the great comebacks in postseason history. So the Phillies have a lot of the same mojo going right now as the Padres do, and it'll be interesting to see who kind of captures the first moment of this National League Championship Series in Game 1 tonight. All right, we still have some more phone calls here in the last couple minutes of the show. Art in Chula Vista, you are on Gwen and Chris. How's it going, Art? Hey, what's up, guys? Good, hey, man. You, I don't know if you could tell by my voice, man, but last weekend was one of the probably one of the best sports weekends me and my family could have, man. I mean, we were there Friday, we were there Saturday, took some selfies with Snail, with, with Will Myers down the field. My son was excited. We were excited meant to top it off. We went to the Wave Gear on Sunday. What a game that was to watch them win the first women's playoff game here in San Diego. Man, let me tell you, it was one of the best weekends we had in, in sports 
sports-wise here as a family and at San Diego. You know, we got to appreciate each and every game that the Padres are going out there and playing. You know, win or lose, we just got to back up our teams. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we've been waiting for this for a long time. And my thing is we need to take it one game at a time, one game at a time, and we'll get there. We'll get to the World Series. I have faith in my team, born and raised here. I'm a diehard fan. I know Tony Gwynn's up in the heaven looking down on us, and, and you know, he's, he's shining his light on us right now. And, you know, it's just it's just an exciting moment, an exciting experience. And then, you know, being able to to have this experience with my 15-year-old son, man, it's, 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 it's a blessing, and it's an awesome feeling, man. I mean, who are I getting goosebumps, and I'm getting all freaking choked up, man. But it's, it's just an awesome feeling, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it, Art. Being able to celebrate this, man. Um, Attaboy, Art. Well done, man. You guys keep up a good job, man. I'm, I'm, you know, go Padres. Let's do this. We got this. All right, man. Thank you, Art. Appreciate I love that. It. I love somebody who screams so loud on Friday and Saturday that they still can't talk on Tuesday. Yes. That's Art. That so is he, pretty good. He needed, he needed a couple of days off from that division series to get himself ready for the championship series. That's how excited he is. Hey, look who's here, Scraby, getting ready for the pregame show. The great one. The crowd may be on its feet. He it's, just tried to pump up the crowd, and the, the crowd responded. It's Sammy Lev. You know, this whole Padre postseason run can be explained in two simple words, Scraby. Sammy Lev. Sammy Lev. I know. That's all you need to know. I know. This guy is a champion wherever he goes. He was the broadcaster for the Army, the who? The uh, the Sod Poodles. The Sod Poodles. What were they, Amarillo? The yes. The Amarillo Sod Poodles. He called the walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning that won the World, the Double A World Series for the Sod Poodles. My point is, you and I did the pre and post game show for the last five or six years. What did we ever do? Nothing. Not much. No. I, we got. I, hey, yeah. look. Don't you speak for yourself. I got us to one playoff this series win over the Cardinals. You know where I got us, Chris? You did nothing. About thirty losses in a row. That's yeah, where you, I got us. Yeah, you. You were. <laughs> That's what I got. You presided us. over the end of last season. Yes. But as soon as Sammy Lev comes in, all of a sudden the Padres are World Series. So I, I got to believe there's something to the magic of Sammy Lev. All right. Fantastic job today, Scraby. Thank you to Tony Gwynn Jr., of course, was with us earlier. And on the board back in the studio, Maddie DeLeo. Maddie. Great working with Maddie, man. Yeah. She did an outstanding job today. Let's make way for the fans. Let's make way for Sammy Lev's pregame show. We are just a little over an hour away from the start of the National League Championship Series. Enjoy the game, everybody. For Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, I'm Chris Ello. Talk to you soon from Petco Park on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3. The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.